Author Lois Lowry was asked about her writing process and how she got over writer's block. She answered, I write on a computer and I have never suffered from writer's block. In fact, I don't believe in it. It's a made-up term that has taken on some kind of silly importance. Writing is a job. Some days you don't feel like doing your job, but there is no teacher's block or dentist's block. I can't figure out why we have created this mysterious phrase, only for writers, which only means I don't feel like doing this right now. Whoa. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 132. Today, Judy and I talk about the possibility that writer's block doesn't even exist. We get into three strategies that you've definitely heard of before that you're probably already doing. And like many well-known successful techniques, you know, it's just sometimes nice to know that you're on the right track. These practices are like a vaccine that protects you from getting all blocked up. So sit back and enjoy a conversation that's sure to inspire you. Overcoming Writer's Block Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hoffman. Has someone ever told you that you should write about an experience, but you're not sure if your writing is good enough? Do you have a story to tell, but are anxious about its success? Have you thought about writing a memoir, but worry about being judged or criticized? Are you interested in writing a book, but feel stuck and overwhelmed by the writing, editing, and publishing process? Well, I'm here for you. Every week on this podcast, I'll be answering your questions, sharing my stories, and offering tips on how you can overcome writer's block. Sometimes my fellow Sidetrack sister, Judy Goodson, will join me to offer advice. Other times, I'll interview interesting and creative people to inspire you on your journey. So, here we go. Hello, Judy. Hey, Lisa. How are you? It's good to see you as always. It is, of course. Uh huh. So today we are getting to getting together, and we are talking about the fakeness, the fallacy, the non-existence of writer's block. Ooh, pretty exciting. Doesn't doesn't it's not a thing. It's it's not, not a thing. thing. No, there are people in the world, writers, professional, well-known, famous people, who do not believe that writer's block exists. What do you think about I that? Well, you know, I think that it has a, a place in our conversation because you have so many people say, I don't have anything to write about. I don't know what I would write about. You know, I, I have nothing to put on the pages. And I guess I would call that their own personal writer's block. Mm -hmm. But I think there are reasons for that. And I think there are things you can do to work around that. Yeah. You know, when I was teaching in the classroom, I taught first graders most of my career. And mm -hmm. sometimes kids would come up to me and say, I don't know what to write about. And I would tell them to sit down and write, I don't know what to write about over and over and over on their piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Something Don't else would that. pop out. And then something else would pop into their head and they would go off in that direction. Mm -hmm. And because really, you said this just a moment ago when we were kind of uh, getting ramped up for this conversation. 
um, you know, you just put your pencil to the paper and you get going and you start putting words on a page. You know, we've talked about this in our uh, previous podcasts, and I think it takes doing it to become a believer in that philosophy, because how many times have we thought, oh, where am I going to go with this topic? Or how am I going to write about this topic? And we think, oh, who can? And then the old proverbial, who came up with this idea, you know, kind of thing. And then we look at each other as we've said, start, and everybody's writing away. And it's like, Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and they then then we do the unthinkable, which is we read it aloud to each other. And there's always tons of meat and kernels in there of, of a great idea. So mm-hmm. I've become a true believer that just start, just write it down, just put the pencil to the paper is very, very, very important. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I thought is, what other activity or career do people suffer from a blockage? It's like I've never heard of teacher's block or doctor's block or lawyer's block um, or talker's block. You don't have talker's block. Why do you get writer's block? I mean, really? Well, it I just- think the answer to that lawyers have that whole wall of books and if they don't know what to do they look it up right mm-hmm. if um, if other people you would certainly not want a medical doctor who had to say hmm, gee i don't know where to start with this procedure or this surgery or this treatment they have resources they have things they do to make sure that that's not the case mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right Yes, yes. And I think there are um, at least three things that we can do to make sure we don't experience writer's block either. And the first thing is by doing a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, you and I love writing memoir. And we Mm -hmm. love talking to people, like on this podcast, to people Mm -hmm. who write memoir. And... Mm -hmm. We read a lot of memoir. I mean, I'm, uh-huh. I'm sitting right here with a, with a memoir of somebody that I'm going to be interviewing um, in a little over a week. And uh-huh. I can't wait to talk to her because, you know, I, I, memoir is, I just find it so fascinating and uh-huh. so interesting to read. And uh-huh. so when I put a lot of memoir in my mind, it almost becomes the way you think. It becomes a way that you look at the world. and. I also do the same thing with um, like self-help books. I'm mm-hmm. always thinking about, oh, this would be a great a, a great chapter in a self-help book. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked as the Sidetrack Sisters about a chapter called um, a Mother Writing About Her Green Shutters. Mm-hmm. What still, color are my shutters? Color are my shutters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you I've read a ton of, you know, books in the self-help genre. And so my brain tends to think that way. Mhm mhm it's i think it's just pretty logical and it's it's a situation where the more of that kind of writing you read mm-hmm. the more your brain becomes accustomed to what that kind of writing takes and what kinds of thoughts and things you want to put into that writing and so it makes it feel like it's just more natural it's more 
present in your mind. And it's really, it, I call it muscle memory. It's like when you, you know, play golf and you have to get muscle memory to get your, 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 uh, ball going in the right place you know your swing all of that it's kind of like that with writing if you know what type of writing you want to do the place to start is read the type of writing you want to um well, i'm having trouble with words the, the but kind you want of writing to... you want to write yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, exactly and once again i pulled these out i brought these we're at our cottage right now in door county and i have these books that are are basically guided journals that I can't help myself. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not something that you <laughs> read, but it's something that you, that you actually fill out. So some of these journals have like a motivational quote and then a question you mm -hmm. have to fill in. Some of them are just strict um, writing quotes. Um, this third one that I have right here has some um, questions that you fill in and others like lists. Um, this question, um, top 10 time, what stressed you out the most? List 10 things you did, 10 things you did in your late teens and early twenties to relax and release it. And it's mm -hmm. like, Ooh, I just, I just love, I do love filling them out. I just love looking at them and reading them and, 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 mm -hmm. you know, having them to, to keep things rolling around in my mind of what I want to write about. Well, and I think along with that, you know, you read these things, you become more accustomed to that pattern of thinking and that way of thinking. But then mm -hmm. I encourage people as well to, you know, if an idea pops into your head and you think, oh, that could be interesting to write about, write the idea down. It could be a sentence, it could be a paragraph, it could be bullet points, it could be something. But then when you sit down to do a writing, you're not blank. Mm -hmm. You've got mm -hmm. something to guide you, something to start with. Mm -hmm. And I think you also get to experience the miracle that we've all talked about, that when you put down your words on paper, something magical happens. Mm -hmm. More words just come floating out of your mouth. And pretty soon you've got a paragraph and then you've got another paragraph. And then, mm -hmm. oh, this one gets better. And don't you find that true, Lisa? Oh, I mean, that's the second bullet point. The first one was, um, you know, for those people who don't believe in writer's block, there are probably at least three different reasons why. And that mm -hmm. is the first one is because they read a lot. They read mm -hmm. a lot of what, of the kind of writing that they're drawn to create. The mm -hmm. second thing is they, they write, they do mm -hmm. write. They don't necessarily just write on their, you know, their magnum opus, their, their, their book or their story or whatever they're working on. But they, they, they tend to look at the world as interesting ideas that need to be put in your pocket and put on the page mm -hmm. um, for use sometime somewhere down the road. Well, they look at things differently. They don't look at them as like, oh, there's a tree, but they look at it as look at the limbs of that beautiful tree as they climb toward the sky and how they bridge off and, and you know, how that's really a metaphor for, you know, they start thinking in that way where they, everything in, in nature becomes a source material for them. Source material. And they don't just think it, but perhaps they even also write it down. You know, so that they don't. I think they it. also sort of write it down too. Mm -hmm, yeah, I mm -hmm. think that because how often have you had an idea and a week later you're thinking, 
why I remember I was taking a walk with the dog and I had this really good idea. What was that idea again? And you, you do lose it if you don't write it down. So <laughs> I, I like the idea of having a little journal, you know, that you just write writing ideas down in and mm -hmm. tick them off one at a time. And, you know, one of them might just trigger you to do more writing and great writing and, you know, subsequent writing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, that, that sounds silly to say that you need to, um, in order to not experience writer's block, you need to write. I mean, that would make kind of sense if you mm -hmm. don't need it. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. like, that one doesn't take rocket science. But mm -hmm. I think people get stuck because they think that I have such a limited time to write that I need to focus and I need to work on my project instead of working on something over here. There was a, a writer um, who wrote books about writing that um, that I read many years ago. Her name is Natalie Goldberg, and she's still mm -hmm. out there. And she, um, at one point, did a bit of an experiment. I don't know that it, she knew she was doing the experiment, <laughs> but she... She decided that she had a very limited amount of time. And so instead of sacrificing the limited amount of time she had with um, writing and doing like painting that she loved to do, she decided to just focus all of her efforts on her writing. And she kind of let her painting go off to the side. Mm -hmm. And what happened was her writing sacrificed, mm -hmm. was sacrificed. She had a hard time because the juices weren't flowing by doing the creative expression that primed the pump, that got things going, where those ideas were bubbling and simmering um, before they came out onto the page. Well, that's interesting. I I didn't realize that she said that, but mm -hmm. I think it's true. I think opening the creative storage locker in one area can definitely stimulate you in another area. And if you've gotten into a lifestyle where you're just extremely practical and highly analytical and you're not doing anything outside of the box, mm -hmm. it's important to remember that in order to keep yourself in the creative mode, you need to continue to create and, and to- And that might not mean being creating with pencil or pen or computer or keyboard, but creating in any genre, in any mode can help the creation in your writing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely true. It's, you know, I sometimes even, I went through a, a career of banking and it was so, <sighs> by the rules, black and white, you know, so on and so forth, especially my last five years in banking. And I almost forgot that I loved my art classes and I loved my English literature classes and I loved the essay writing that I did. And, you know, when I finally started revisiting those things, I was actually surprised how, how well it, how, how do I want to describe it? It, it, it made my analytical practical work better because mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. made my mind work in more of a, a thoughtful way. Yes. Yes, exactly. I get it. I get it. And so we need to keep moving forward here. There's one more area that, um, and I think people who are just, who, who have it coming out, who are doing the, who are doing the work, um, utilize 
in terms of making sure that they keep the process going. And that mm -hmm. is by starting where you are and surrounding mm -hmm. yourself with people who are also creative and mm -hmm. creating and getting their ideas down mm -hmm. on paper or into the computer or whatever. So my story with this is my dear friend, Bonnie, who passed um, a few years ago. Um, she was a jewelry artist and, you know, she had so much fun making jewelry. And I remember one time I, I was picking up another jewelry making book because I just love I love books. And uh, I was getting a jewelry making book and, and there was a magazine I was looking at. I just, be, I just loved picking them up because they were so inspiring. And I said that they gave me, you know, so many great ideas for things to make. And I never mm -hmm. actually, you know, made the exact same piece, but it would, it would get things bubbling around in my brain. And she never bought those books. And she said, I always know what to make. I always just keep creating she was never blocked and I was like huh and and she yeah she said that she never had a problem creating jewelry things just came and she can she created every day she created all the time and and what was fascinating about that is I started making jewelry after I met her and another friend of ours started making jewelry and the Sidetrack sisters were do began doing um, craft shows in our houses around that same time that I, be mm -hmm. I was friends with her. And it's almost like by being around Bonnie, she like rubbed off on all of us, her mm -hmm. creative energy and that sense of just make it, just sit down, you know, get your tools and start well, it, doing it. It was that attitude of you can do yeah, it. Just, of course you just, can. Just try, you know, yes. get your components together and do them yeah. in a way that works for you. And mm -hmm. as, and I mean, I remember when you started making jewelry and every time you made something new, something amorphous came out of it. In other words, you learned more things like the metal was no longer round but you flattened it and there were things you know the way the beads went together and and the the it, it was just there was always some little twist that made it more interesting mm -hmm. and that just came from doing the process yes and i think that's where where you need to be we need to be in our writing you start where you are mm -hmm. you keep writing you write something all the time Every day you get something down. It's like making some earrings. You start where you are. You make your first pair of earrings. You make another pair of earrings. You make a dozen pairs of earrings. You give them away. You know, you, mm -hmm. you put them out there and you just keep having fun and you wear them to, to, to work. And people go, oh my God, those are the cutest earrings. Where did you get them? And you're like, I made them. And I made like, them. Oh my God. You're like a, a jewelry artist. And it's like, mm -hmm. yes, I am. <laughs> Well, I'll be darned you. Guess you can call me that. That's right. That's right. And, and, it, and for years, I made earrings and jewelry. And, and I still, I look at them. I have them up on that screen in my bathroom. And, you know, I, I and, and that time has come and passed. I, I still have a lot of the tools. And I wrote about that um, a couple weeks ago on our blog about a hobby that I've had. And um, I haven't made earrings in quite some time now. It's like I've now I've moved on into writing and podcasting and and all mm -hmm. things having to do with life coaching and 
you know, that new skill set. And, but I still think, how do I get better at these things? The same way that I got better in my jewelry making. You mm-hmm. start where you are, mm-hmm. you keep working at it. You surround mm-hmm. your people who, surround yourself with people who also like learning and growing and creating and mm-hmm. manifesting new stuff. And mm-hmm. who are encouraging of you. It's like, oh my God, those are so cool. And, you know, you look at their stuff and you go, oh, your stuff's really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And- oh, I never thought of doing it that way. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. Surround yourself with like people who are also creating and and mm-hmm. making things happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it just rubs off something fierce. So yeah, it uh, does. Yeah. So between reading and writing, and surrounding yourself with those people. I don't know. Do you think we're going to convince people that writer's block does not exist? I think so. Because I think, so. I think that's well, the but truth. But that would be a problem. Because if that's the case, then nobody will listen to our podcast anymore. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. <laughs> so let's just pretend that writer's block is a thing. And we can help you. So we can help you in a number of ways. You can mm-hmm. either um, you know, go to my Instagram where I'm a life coach who helps writers and other creative people um, either ignore writer's block or get past it mm-hmm. <laughs> to, uh, to help you on your journey. Or Two you- interesting options. Yeah. There you go. Or you can go to Sidetrack Sisters, read our blog, become inspired, perhaps um, decide to write your own legacy work or have one of us um, ghostwrite a, a legacy book for you. That's another option. So, um, because writer's block, hmm, maybe it's just a dream. It doesn't exist at all. And there is an antidote. And there is, yes, not an an anecdote, an antidote. Antidote, yes, it's an antidote. (laughs) And we can help you find it. Yes. Amen. Okay. Okay. We're going to wrap this up, Judy. Love you. Talk to you later. Talk to you next time. Have a great day. Enjoy Door County. Will do. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, you've got to come over to Sidetrack Sisters and join our membership. It's a year-long program that gives you writing topics and encouragement for your own legacy project. We will provide guidance and support as you record your thoughts and stories over the course of 52 weeks. Then, at the end of the year, we will publish your writing in a beautiful keepsake book. So, join us at SidetrackSisters.com. We'd love to inspire you to look at your own life, tap into your memories, find the wisdom, and write it down as a legacy for your loved ones. Until next time, take care.